Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> so, here we are talking about our favorite book. Our favorite book. <laughs> Love Without End by Glenda Green. Oh my God. So, um, so you just opened it to Bridges this morning, huh? I did. So, what have you been reading? <laughs> this is great. It's like a little coffee. I know, talk and show. I literally have my coffee. Me too. Isn't it nice? <laughs> it's like. What do you know? Dawn and coffee. It sounds like Dawn, a great Dawn, way to start the Dawn day. and Elizabeth. Elizabeth and Dawn. <laughs> you know, actually, on this chapter of Bridges, I have so many things highlighted, um, and little, little notes which I never do. What did oh, I say? Right? Yeah. Oh, on page one seventy four, okay. I wrote up on top. Hating something magnetizes it. I wrote, I circled that too. And directs it to you. Yeah. How crazy is that? You know, hating something magnetizes it. And then on the other page I wrote, if you want to forgive your life, if you want to change your life, change your heart, not your mind, through forgiveness. Well, I guess they go together, but... Really, hate is such a funny thing. I, I guess in my life, I don't really have a lot of hate, which is a good thing. I, I don't know if it's because I have a very small life <laughs> or it just, you know. You're a very loving well, person. I, but I don't have, like, I don't wake up and think I hate this or I hate that, you know. But I think that if you look at like what's going on in the world today and you look at just the you just take take the, the most obvious hate is the terrorism that's going mm. on so mm. what what does that do in terms of magnifying hate well I don't really want to start off talking about hate. <laughs> a podcast about hate. unconditional yeah. love and yeah. we start let's, with hate. Okay, I this is it. very ironic. Love <laughs> no, without okay. end. Let's let's talk about this. Okay, because what I highlighted on one seventy four too was yes, what you just mentioned. Uh huh. But was was that love is the only power in life, and it is the original point to which all vectors of thought are connected. Where there are contradictory thoughts, there will also be difficulties. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Help me understand why there are difficulties. Okay, so there's some contradictory thoughts. Until one's relationship to love is changed in the heart, nothing fundamental will change in life. So with that sentence, I said, oh, wait, this is so interesting. It's not just saying love more. It's saying, wait, 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 your actual relationship to love. Okay. Right? Yeah. Is changed in the heart so it's not even saying love more it's saying look at how you relate to love then it goes on what is perceived as negative emotion is not the absence of love which i think we commonly yes think, always right? oh uh, they just yeah. don't have enough love in their life exactly right? Wait, no. right but merely reversals of thought which are undermining love's power and goodness. Well, that reversal of thought mm. is something that kind of relates to your relationship to your thoughts, right? Um, right. So, reversals of thought. What the heck is that? Okay, so here's what I thought when I read that, which I really like. Because you're, you're wonderful and pretty saintly, I will. Please I will, stop. I will say that. But, 
but when I have had difficulty in let's say relationships, right? And okay. it hasn't been that often. Right. I like people, yeah. I like playing with people. I don't more easygoing than the average give person. Many people <laughs> yeah. like, I don't care yeah, usually, right? right? Yeah, I no just, one really... You do you and I'll do me and let's have fun, yeah. right? That's my pretty much my philosophy. But when I have had issues, I've, I then applied this, I'm thinking one in particular with a challenging person in my life, and I go, oh, wait, was it a reversal of thought? Like, I've been beating myself up a, a bit. Uh-huh. Like, am I not loving that person enough? Am I not expressing enough love? Why am I holding back love, right? Like, yeah. Which is all, if you, just the words I use, is like about possessing love, which is maybe that's not the thing at all, right? Uh-huh. But what if there's a reversal of thought? If we're to assume we always have the starting point of love in all of our relationships as the vector, which this chapter talks about, then is there some kind of like flipped switch on that where actually I started out with love in this situation and something happened which flipped it and made me think, no love, no love. Don't give love. She's not giving love to you. It's a horrible, horrible situation. Interesting. So that reversal is almost like a turning off. Like I I stopped, the natural would be just to extend the love out. Right. But somebody goes, somebody hits a nerve in you or hits something that you just can't take. And uh, that vector closes off. And all of a sudden you're stuck with a relationship where there's no love. Yeah. And all the things that happen when there's no love. Like, when, yeah. when when it's even more frustrating because all you did, you started you out just stuck. wanting love. Right. You just wanted to be connected with the person. You wanted to be yourself and be open and give and be generous. Right. And, and you know, it's you are the one who turned it off, not her. Right. But that through thought. Through thought. Like your thought went somewhere along the line well you don't deserve my love if you just said that or did that or whatever right. so or oh you don't want my love then um, or you're why gonna, am I or you're give gonna it to you? you're gonna abuse my love you're gonna hurt me in return right for loving you because that's been the pattern right yeah like, oh I was loving and then I ended up hurt how did that happen yeah but you don't love I mean you just love because you love and it feels good yeah and off of you, of all people, you just start off loving everybody anyway. You start that way. Fun. Like, that's the beginning. But, right. Somebody has to do something to change that. You know, you don't have a cynic, cynical book. Oh, you know, oh you're I, not I, cynical. You're talking about me in particular. Yeah, you, I, you, don't, you don't sit there and go, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know I think. I think yeah, maybe no, I'll I be like loving this person. Of the love death. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm you, don't, you don't have heart. A lot of that. But it... But it is, but, but, but that you know, was, you just pinpointed kind of an aha for me in this chapter, huge aha, which, which is? made me even think, how do I need to reach out to this person is, oh wait, I didn't think, okay, I went to like the original cause, which was, oh, I wanted her to be family. Uh-huh. I wanted another sister. I wanted this situation. And, and then it's just cut off. You know, it also yeah. makes me think about, and this is a little side note, but like the very first rule of improv is you just say yes. 
Uh-huh. You never say no. You just go with it. So uh-huh. so you say, oh, now we're in a spaceship. Now we're in a spaceship. And we play along the lines. Uh-huh. But it's the moment, and you'll see this, and I, now I see this all the time in relationships, when somebody just says no, like, yeah, yeah. cut off. And the whole conversation stops. Everything right. stops. Right. The and, flow. And you feel affronted, right? It stops right? the flow, right. And it stops the progress, really. Like, mm-hmm. you can't move forward in that relationship because... You guys are right. running around the no, you know. Right, and then yeah. trying to figure out. Well, then where are we? Well, yeah. I was willing to suspend. And, and, and how and many just times? Where we are? How many times do you just defend the no? Yeah. You know, like, well, it's okay. I'm just going to go around you, around you, around you, and that's kind of what I see this person is doing. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I removed. Uh-huh. You know, I uh-huh. I don't have a dog in this fight, but you know, I I see that. I think that's pretty normal. You know, like. Right. There's a no involved, and the other person starts to justify right. their position. You start to justify your position, and you just dig in. And yeah, and there you go. And then everybody then has no to walk around the two of progress you. Progress forward, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it hasn't. Because the idea is actually connect. You don't even have to hang out, or right, right? or be together. Yeah. Just it here's the makes me think of two things. Is one. Are you more committed to being right, yeah, or to being love? Right, yeah. That's, because that's it. Being right has many different facets. Both people could be right, even if they take two completely different stances. But being right is is actually very subjective. You know, he talks about that in another part of the book where th- that it, understanding other viewpoints allows you to understand that mm. multiple. Multiple um, ideas can be right, even though they appear to conflict with each right. other. And I think that's very, very true. You know, and it's almost like you've got to back off, and ex- it's almost like one of those axioms you just accept. Okay, yes. I'm going to accept that we're saying things that aren't, that don't seem to jive, but I'm going to accept we're both possibly right. Right. And also, there's that. What makes you think you're always right? You know, like yeah. what would make me always? I I have no, I have, you know I don't have a. Well, you know it makes me think of which. Uh, it's interesting where this conversation goes, right? Well, there's also on the next page one seventy five, and she even highlighted in the book, the world wants you to prove yourself! Exclamation point. Thus, you can be owned by your willingness to earn an identity. Wow. That was really interesting. To own an identity. I mean, it's almost, it's implying that it's not really yours. <laughs> and like that, you're owned by it. Oh, yeah, right. You exactly. are not it. And you're this is the power of the world. The pow- and it made me think of a few things. Like, one, so much business advice right now is like, what can you be the best at? What are you the expert at? And then that's your identity, and then you just fall in. Then, and, then you can be successful. And, like, and, that's and a you never let go. You keep on that. Right. And what a horrible yeah. small world that would be. I mean, it's great because it offers value to people, but I'm not going to just say, oh, that's the dog trainer. That's the only dog trainer in the world. Like, that person's multifaceted. They have thousands of other things. But also, the integration of the person. But here's where I really I, I divert. I went to a conference once, and this was so interesting. Um, and they used women's handbags as a demonstration. Oh, I love like it. the very opening of the conference. And 
it was Tony Robbins. And he goes, okay, what, like, let me see some of your bags. And so he shows one and he gets, I, I can't remember if he started with the high end or the lower end, but long story short, he pulled out like this one that was made at a craft fair. And this woman, I mean, it was, you know, certainly a one in a million piece, like there's uh-huh. not a replica of it, but it's not that high end and right. you know she paid she told us like $28 for it and she uses it all the time and that's her bag then he pulls out a Louis Vuitton bag and he goes okay how much did you pay for it and this is a space we're all very honest and it's thousands of dollars and he goes well how much do you think was put into this bag like in just materials and even cert- late labor yeah. and they're like, and he goes like less than $150 right? oh yeah I mean the margin's insane so he goes, but why? What? Like, I don't. I, he goes, I don't really don't care what bag you have. I think it's great. You all have your different bags, but why? Why do you have that bag and you have that bag and why does it matter? Why would I open this whole thing with this? And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Why is it why? Right? <laughs> <laughs> What's the answer? And it was all about identity. And yeah. it's like a handbag's a perfect right. example. It is. You're gonna carry it around. All the time. It doesn't matter what your weight is. It doesn't right, exactly. matter your shoe size. You're not going to grow it. You never change. And, and people recognize it. There's comments on it. And who do you feel when you're carrying it? Yeah. And it's all part of your identity. Yeah. And then the whole point was that you are actually going to fight more for your identity than anything else in this world. Maybe. And, like, and I guess it also pay probably. more. And also pay more. Exactly. But, but, but think about it this way. Not just maybe in like money, right? So you uh-huh. might put out more money if you want a luxury brand identity. But or um, in self-sacrifice, maybe it's your identity is you're a martyr. Uh-huh. So you're going to give up. You're going to pay in joy. You're going to pay in love in order to fulfill that identity. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Maybe your identity is being depressed. So anybody that tries to take away that depression, yeah, it is a threat. Right. I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. Interesting. So, isn't that interesting? That, that, yeah, that it's interesting just to think that there's a difference between your identity and who you actually are. You know, uh-huh. that that is something we don't ever really think about we just there's such an assumption that I am my identity but if you really are love and you are right you are this you are this just this soul of love and you have been given your a particular set of gifts and skills and just a particular formation, you know, yeah, just yeah. your particular identity, you know, like that is you. It's, it's like, wow, I, maybe there's something to discover about myself that I have, I have ignored because I'm stuck on my identity. I'm stuck on thinking I'm a mother. Right. I'm stuck right. on thinking I'm... And it becomes a cage. Yeah. Because like, like, you have rules around that identity. Right. And it's really just 
when do you get the time, the freedom? And that's why I love being 65. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's so great. It's like, I don't, all my identities have kind of gone away. It's like, I don't really have any more identities. You know, it's like, I, I can recreate myself as I am. You know, I can sit there in the morning and I can, I can talk to God. I can think about the world. I can think about, you know, life. And I, I don't, I'm not running out to do a job. I'm not running out to take yeah. care of a certain person or do something where in my life, in my particular life, has been my sum total of my identity, you know, up until right. this point. And when you get to be a certain age and you no longer have those roles, you really do have the freedom to find yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and it's such a gift. I mean, it really is a gift. Um, not, I realize some people don't have that time, but I'm so appreciative of that time. That's beautiful. <laughs> and, I just love you know, that. It's, and I think you, you, know, you do try, of course, when you're, when you're young. You, well, you, know. you know, also I think, if, I think it works out. Because if I or somebody in their 20s had that leisure... You might get a little lost because it's it's like you need it, to try it, on know, a lot of identities it's so true. to figure out and what fits. I think also, you know, life gives you just naturally gives you things to do that show you yes. who you are. You know, it, it the way you handle the fact that you have to get up at midnight with this child, and the way you handle the fact mm-hmm. that you have four hundred things on your plate, it says something about who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. and it becomes something about who you are you 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 exercise the strength in handling the challenges and I my probably like top two favorite parts of what this book teaches is it says do the work in front of you right love that freeing moment right like here we are thinking oh well I need to go do this I need to go learn how to invest or I need to go learn how to do this it's like no 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 actually do the work in front of you. Is there a screaming child? Tend to the screaming child. Is there a need for, you know, understanding money? Tend to the need to understand money. Yeah, exactly. Answer and, the email. And like how often do is. we not give ourselves permission yes. to just stop and do what's right in front of us? Right. You know? Right. And that is, if that's truly all we have to do, and it, it, it has to be because we can only do one thing at a time. We can only, we literally can only do the thing that's right in front of us. Like we can't right, do right. that thing we have in our head. We can only do what's here right now. Um, I think there's a, I think there's such a trust in the flow of life when you when you accept mm. that I'm going to do the thing in front of me. There's this trust that the next thing will come, and the next thing will be good, and the next thing will be right, and that. I, in doing the thing that's in front of me, I am accepting that the way my life flows is the way it's supposed to flow mm-hmm. and that it's good. It's God is in that process and right. I am I am with God in that process. And that that's really, what else do you want? You know, I mean, are you, you, that's well, all you need. Everything can become sacred. Everything can become sacred. It's drinking your tea becomes sacred. Having a conversation becomes sacred. It's just this... And, and that, that's in this chapter, too. It, the idea, the overwhelming theme of the first few pages is you are the bridge. So turn over your will. Ask that God's will be done in your life. And like, like the Lord's Prayer says. Right. And then be the bridge. Be that bridge. But we cannot judge as it comes into judgment that 
that sitting having coffee watching beautiful birds or whatever or answering emails or changing a diaper isn't part of the plan like once you surrender to that yeah. then you have to admit and say okay well then this must be part of it yeah and I maybe the real challenge is to be fully present yeah. in the moment that to be fully here in this moment that looks like it doesn't look like it has any challenge in it whatsoever, perhaps. You know, maybe I'm just sitting right. here on my porch having coffee. <laughs> but to be fully present in that moment yes. is my challenge. It is... Right. Because because I think... Well, I mean, my mind can wander a hundred ways, you know. Right. And I can, I can literally be somewhere else in that moment, you know, yeah. very, very easily. Oh, yeah. And I think that's, that is the challenge. That is a hard challenge to be... To be here now, as they say, you know, be here. Um, and he talks about that, like innocent perception. But even at the beginning of this, what was it? Um, awareness is the primary condition. Thought is the connecting link. Yeah. Just being aware. I'm aware I'm sitting here. Concepts, ideas, and thoughts are crystallizations of awareness which implement and stabilize awareness or else hold the promise of doing so. You know, I think that... Good that, morning. Oh, uh, we're just morning. We're, 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 we're doing a, a little podcast. Oh, sorry. You're good. You're good. <laughs> um, you know, I think that... I think we judge this. We judge this as not enough. We judge ourselves mm-hmm. and our little moments as not enough. And, and that's why we, we keep thinking, oh, surely I must be thinking about something more important. Or I must be. Well, and we, we glorify thinking. True. And we glorify, oh, that's a good thought. True. Oh, if I act on that thought, then it will make, give me whatever I need. Yeah. Which is the opposite of Or it's of so impressive to have that thought. You know? <laughs> right, right. Oh, look at my great uh, thoughts, yeah. you know. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting. When I was doing a consistent meditation and practice and yoga practice it was very interesting because I remember coming to a place where I would really see my thoughts and be fascinated with like there was no judgment around it like I would have some thoughts I would have judged right that like technically are part of a category that we judge (laughs) that I would never identify myself with but I would be huh how interesting that that thought just comes there was no attachment to it, right? And it could just bubble up and leave and go. Interesting. And so we, it was a really pretty place because I didn't yeah. I didn't identify with the good, what I would judge as good thoughts or the bad thoughts. Like it was just, huh, this is here in my consciousness. I don't know how, right? It was just Yeah. Wow, what remarkable. a great place to be where you can just observe your thoughts. Right. And let them flow. Right. But it's fun to be in thoughts too, right? It is. It is. Yeah. Not always, but often. I don't know. Well, but think look, at, look at our, <clears throat> our whole education training. It's it's gaining critical <clears throat> thinkers. Yeah. But I mean, also there's just there is a joy of learning information. There's a joy yeah. of history. There's a joy of, you know, just just inquisitiveness. You know, there's yeah. there's it can be fun to think 
Like it can be fun. But but, it, yeah. but I think so often we don't really we're not really talking about that kind of thinking. You know, we're talking yeah. about self critical thinking. Okay. You know? It's like think tanks, right? I love that think tanks are a thing. Yeah. Like, and they make a lot of money. <laughs> like, Do you think they really just think all the time? Well, I, I mean, come I, on. I, I, I'm just like, <laughs> cool idea. But, but think of it in the context of this this book, these lessons. We don't have love tanks. No, we don't. We don't have love tanks. We have think tanks dedicated to figuring out problems. But what if, I mean, maybe like certain monasteries or ashrams could be considered love tanks? Like, what would be the equivalent? I think your kid's nursery is your love tank. You just go in there and you just love. I think love tanks are in families. I think that's the whole purpose of families. You know, it's like we have arranged our lives, our society, around a, a, a manageable group to love. It's <laughs> true, though. You know? Because it's... It, and, and, right. And we're just... And, and that's where it begins. Like, every person begins in their God, little group. And hopefully we begin with love, you know? We start each day with love. We end each day with love. And, and that's, our, that's our love tank. I, I, you know, surely there are people who are saints and, you know, wonderful spiritual people who, who love the world, you know, who give love to everyone on a regular basis in a disciplined way, because it's truly, <laughs> that's their heart to do that, you right. know? And, but I think other than that, we've built it into a, our society as a family. And I take that definition of family to be anything that is a family. It could be you and your dog. It can be you and your roommate. It can be whatever. Very few people are truly alone. You know, Mm. it could be you and your church. It could be you and your best friend. It could be the person that you go to every single day. You know, hopefully everyone has one, you know. Right. And and that's where we love. And we're all conscious of that, right? And we all, we don't even understand how much we need that, but we do until it's gone. Wow. You know, it's it's just hard to imagine life without that, you know, that we do, we really do have the beginning is love, you know, that connection. I love that so much. Our love tanks. Our little love tanks. It's not family, it's a love tank. There you go. I think we should end on that. I think, so. <laughs> I think maybe we should name the podcast Love Tanks. <laughs> okay. I don't think that general impression is going to really be there, but okay. Can see the graphic already, right? <laughs> Our little love No, tank. but but you're right. You're right. Family. Yeah. And, you know, it's also funny because it's the hardest to thing to love. Is your, you know, I think Mother <laughs> Teresa said, you know, if you want to change the world, go love your family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was on to something. It's, it's, right. it's the easiest thing and it's the hardest thing, you know. And it's, it goes back to the idea of, like, the work is right in front of you. Exactly. It is, it, you don't have to go and solve some problem a thousand miles away. Yeah. But is there a problem in your home? Can you solve that? And in your heart towards your immediate family, yeah. then then be there. And how do you get through that? Like, how do you actually get over that problem? Like, fix that 
in, you know, how do you fix it? Everything can be fixed, right? I mean, I just think, we sometimes we think that there are people that are just too hard for us to deal with, but sometimes it's just a matter of where you're coming from in what your expectations are. You know, that maybe I don't expect that person to be someone who agrees with me, right? but I can find that one thing I love about them, right? and I can just think about that every time right. that I see them, and, and almost kind of give them a lot of space to, to yeah. be in their own little world. You know, I just keep in these Venn diagrams, you know? <laughs> it's like, so we're going to cross in this one area, but you might have a big circle over there, <laughs> you know? Right. Different from my circle over here. And that's, and that's okay. I mean, because no... because we're not alike. We're so not alike, you right. know? And we're meant to be not alike. Right. Like you said, each of us is responsible for being who we are. And unless we are that person, you know, life is not fulfilled. Right. We need that. We need the fact that they're different from me. Right. It's the puzzle. It's the puzzle. It's part of the, it's a piece of the puzzle. Right. It's an, it's just as important a piece as my piece. Of course. Right. So. Even if you just really can't understand. Right. The jagged edges. But you know, there's so many things I don't (laughs) understand. (laughs) Maybe it's not meant to fit in with your piece. Right. Exactly. It's it's on the, it's on the other edge of the puzzle. It just happens to be in the same puzzle. We share the fact that it's a puzzle. And and life made it seem maybe your pieces should fit together. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, you think about your life, you kind of have the same people in it. You know, over yeah. time, you know, you have the few people that come and go. You've got the central cast. You've got the, <laughs> you know, and, and, and if supporting you think, yeah, the supporting characters, you know, and then you got the little outliers and stuff. And, you know, all those people make the puzzle of your life, right. which is really just your view of life, right. <laughs> your, your the, the span of your perspective on life. And then we all have our little separate perspectives, but... Yeah, so well, maybe my, they're just somebody in the periphery and you're not meant to understand because they intricately link in another way that's important, that's out of your perspective. Hmm. That's good. And, and if you bring it back kind of to our very first thing, I mean, it's funny, like you said, you were talking about terrorists. Yeah, <laughs> what a way to start, the right? The of love, yeah. right? Let's just, let's just go terrorists here. Yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, if the vector point, if the center of everything is your love and is that love, then even if the terrorists come in as a thought, right? So it's uh-huh. the opposite of everything you can think of. It might not be your responsibility to handle that, if, right? Like, so there's going to be people who that's their job or that's yeah. in their life and they need to figure that out. But what you can do is send out like a little beacon of love when yes. you recognize, or maybe it's just that person in your family or the person. The terrorist in, in your family. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the terrorist on the job, right? They, certain, not, they might not be physically damaging, but uh-huh. emotionally yeah. hurtful. And and you send out that beacon of love and then let it do its thing. Yeah. Right? Like that if if love is the starting point and if it's all about reversal of love, the idea is okay, well maybe it's like it can just chip away at the block. Right. right? Well if you things. think about like if you think about <clears throat> some people that just are not some people are just hard to love. 
Like yeah, they just yeah. have a lot of characteristics that are difficult to love yeah. for most people. So those poor people don't have a lot of vectors of love coming at them. Yeah. Just in general. And so it almost makes it worse. It just kind of perpetuates the problem that so right. if you consciously send love to those people and just let it go and let it do its thing and just do right. it every day or whenever you think of it and you know, it's gotta help, right? It, well, it, and it, no skin off your back, right? Right. Like, who, what is it? It's in the do? edge of my puzzle. You know? <laughs> so I just hope you find your fit. Yeah, but, yeah like, I'm going to help you. Because I'm still in the same puzzle. Yeah, it's like a, I'm a little nail file cutting off your ragged edges right. here with my love, you know, and, and helping the, you fit. And that, if you think about it, and we've seen this in Hollywood or the movies, I think, but going back to the terrorists, <laughs> you know, usually what it's portrayed as is there's some very damaging act in their family, in their union yeah. of love, yeah. that just makes you can't, them you can't they, are. they can't understand the world. And then there's yeah. a person to blame or there's something to do about it because you're in just so much pain still, yeah. decades later, then you do something about it. Yeah. I mean, this is clearly not justifying anything. But, but if we were to put this in the context of love, and if love is always the starting point, then then I bet that is... Yeah. Often. I I bet it is because there are horrible circumstances where people are not loved at all. I know. And then the one person who's shows any kindness to them, they latch on like a duckling yeah. and follow in any direction. So it's possible that that's really the answer is to just love them. Right. And it might not even be the answer, like it might not we may never see a change. But it is what we can do. Right. It's it's within our realm of... One of the most powerful meditations I've ever been a part of, and I don't... It actually... I might have gotten it from this book. I just... It wasn't inspired at that Conscious, moment. Yeah. Right, from this book. But I don't know what it was. I was sitting, and I was sending those pings of love out mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I realized wait a second what if there's some coming to me oh and I allowed that in for a moment yeah and it's like it was such a reversal such an amazing moment of just openness I don't know it's hard to describe that is so, it was so cool interesting yeah maybe that's something we always forget to do is accept the love that's directed at us right Oh my gosh, that that. is huge, Think of all the people that are praying and loving you. Like, here, not here, on this physical plane. Just, and what maybe, and maybe it is just that monk on a hill that is praying, disciplined Uh for the world, right? Yeah. (laughs) That you then are part of that. But we don't talk about that, right? So you're, this idea of if there is somebody that doesn't feel love, could... Could that be something that is talked about more often, even if in their current state they can't find it in their surroundings? But but that people are actually out there dedicating themselves to sending you love. Even us, right here, right now, yeah, right? Right. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. And that's that's well, what a great reminder to just take a minute today and receive the love that's being sent yeah. to me. I really never think of that. Oh. You know, I mean, what an important thing to think about and to just accept. 
isn't it hard to accept, you know, all these people who love to give, like, you know, right. what else can I give? What else can I give? But wow, you've got to accept the flow goes both ways. Right. You've got to accept it as well. Yeah. What it what a nice thought. Well, today I'm going to accept love. <laughs> Good, because I've been sending it to you for a really oh, long well, time. Oh, my <laughs> God, I think sure I got it. That Ooh, it's received. <laughs> Here it is. Well, to anybody that might be listening, I hope that they pause and receive and, the love that yes. we're sending them with. Yes, and and that monk on a hill. Exactly. <laughs> There's all kinds and the of... the sun itself. Yes, and God and Jesus and everybody right. is... Sending you love, so right. <laughs> One second. Yeah. Um, so yeah, wow, this was so fun, Elizabeth. This is I really can't fun. wait to do this again. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for playing along. We'll see yeah. how it goes, and okay, I don't know. Hopefully, it'll record it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it did. Okay, to anybody out there listening, we love you. We love you. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.